God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this third Sunday of Advent. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, Advent may seem like an odd time, a very odd time to talk about big butts, but I feel I should today. I'm talking about the big butts we put in our way to experiencing the joy Paul urges us to have in living a sanctified, holy life. Rejoice always, he says. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy can be seen in us and is contagious. But I find it hard to have joy when people just won't behave and be the way I think they should be. Pray without ceasing, says Paul. Relationships grow with real face-to-face communication. It's true in human relationships and it's true in our relationship with God in prayer. That the trust that results from communicating eases anxiety because knowing God invites us to bring our cares before the throne of grace and it can be a glorious relief. But can I really be sure he answers? I'm too anxious to pray. I don't know what to pray for. I don't know how to pray. Give thanks in all circumstances, says the apostle. The good news of Jesus Christ's death on your behalf to save you from sin and rescue you to live forever multiplies an attitude of gratitude and humility. Being grateful even when things are bad is evidence of spiritual maturity. But how can I be grateful when I don't even know if I'll have a job tomorrow and I've got medical problems and bills to pay? Paul says, don't quench the spirit. That happens when we keep ourselves away from God's word and sacrament. The comforter doesn't comfort us when we shut him out. But I don't feel all that comforted even when I do show up for church. I still have to face tomorrow and I don't know what that'll bring. Don't despise prophecies, says Paul. In other words, Don't look for special signs or messages apart from His Word. Don't think you know better. But I wish He'd just tell me what I'm supposed to do or give me a sign. Don't give in to evil, Paul says. Don't listen to and give in to false teachers like those on TV and online who state everything is fact, promising fulfillment and happiness. They will ultimately disappoint and lead you nowhere. But those voices make more sense to me because they validate my feelings. It's not always easy to hear Paul exhort us to rejoice always. In fact, with so much uncertainty in life, it's difficult to hear a whole lot of things that God says to us through Paul and the other apostles as well. To be a Christian means... Submitting to God's do's and don'ts in order to, uh, you know, in, in order that we would flourish as mankind. But, but, and that's the last one for today, we don't, we don't always want to submit and believe because we don't want the tension involved with squaring God's word with our feelings and beliefs. How then, especially before Christmas, are we ever going to really rejoice or be anything like the holy, sanctified people we're supposed to be 
when so many things seem so uncertain and out of sorts? Well, the answer is here. Paul has for us in this uh, text from 1 Thessalonians two wills and one done for our sanctification are being set apart from the rest of the world as redeemed people. It's God's will that you be made holy. That doesn't mean you can't resist it, which we should not ever do, but we do. Nevertheless, you know, in the midst of or through our stubbornness, the Holy Spirit creates faith in our hearts and renews our hearts and minds to be more the people of God that He desires for us. Sanctification, which is that, you know, that churchy word we use a lot. Sanctification means being made holy, which is good news because as a Christian church, we don't make ourselves holy by being regular churchgoers or we don't make ourselves holy by going the extra mile and being volunteers. We don't make ourselves holy with our tithes and our offerings and so on. No, when you've been given faith by the Holy Spirit to believe and confess Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God who came to save us all, you are baptized and set apart from the multitude of those who don't believe in this world. And your words and your very actions become different. That's being set apart. That's being sanctified. This is God's will. This is what He wants for you in order for you to flourish in this world and be in the new one forever that awaits you. He will surely carry out this will. He'll do it. He's already doing it. God coming down to us, stooping to our level of existence on Christmas is evidence, proof, if you will, of all this. As many of your neighbors will see your nativity scenes and in, front, in your front yard or your crosses or just the fact they know you're a Christian and say to themselves, man, these people are wasting their time believing in fairy tales, blindly obeying all these do's and don'ts of their religion. It's lost on so many that Jesus is more than just a holiday figure or an ornament. He was a real baby, a real person, who was born to save men and women and set them, us, apart for living not only eternally, but also different in the here and now. To live in a way that's beneficial not only for us, but also for others to witness and perhaps catch on and get the same Jesus who was for them too. God wills this to be done and He will do it. Those are the two wills Paul speaks about in this first letter to the new believers in Thessalonica. The best part of all this is the wills are done. See? God's will and will do it is a done deal, a guarantee of future things happening that take effect now. Did you notice? Paul says our soul and body, our whole spirit, Everything that makes you, you, and me, me, will surely be kept blameless. Not made blameless, but kept blameless. 
making us blameless has already been done when Jesus paid the price for the sin of the world on the cross. That's been done. You and me have been justified, declared not guilty of our sin. And when you and I were baptized, what Jesus did, done on the cross, was made yours even more personally. As personal as you can get. Salvation is yours, free, without any merit of your own. That's been done on a date written on your baptismal certificate. You are made blameless. And because of all this, because all this holy work of God for you has been done, you also do holy things. And because God will keep you that way, it's the reason you rejoice. It's the reason we rejoice together. It's what we give thanks for, not only during this service, but during this this whole entire season, even our whole lives. We have an old hymn in our tradition. Holy Ghost with light divine. That's got this It's got this line in it. Holy Spirit, all divine, dwell within this heart of mine. Cast down every idle throne. Reign supreme and reign alone. The text of that hymn is based on uh, this reading from 1 Thessalonians today. And it's not an Advent hymn, but, you know, it surely could be sung at this time of the year because it's a good reminder that that promised baby born in Bethlehem reigns alone it's him he's the one he's the man with the will to save and the power and the authority to get it done Christmas and the lead up time to it with its many idle thrones about us you know buy this for a gift or ask this for a gift or that as a gift for Christmas it's the it's the perfect gift for uh, him or her boy or girl or so on Happiness is promised in those things and they do bring joy in their short-term context. But real, everlasting joy is found in Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do everything He's promised. And He's done it already. Amen.